If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. We hold these truths to be self-evident. If our enemies dare to strike us, they and all who have aided them will face fearful consequences. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. The eyes of the world are upon you. You will bring about the destruction of the German war machine. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. Welcome over here to Speak the Truth, Episode 7. It is September 6, 2021. I hope you guys had a fantastic holiday with your family, a good weekend, good Labor Day weekend. Today, I'm, I'm sure a lot of you guys are actually still sitting home, but I'm going to do this. I told you guys I would do this Monday through Friday, and then today is, today is clearly Monday. But uh, yeah, I know a lot of you guys are off work, and I want to say thank you for listening. I know if you guys do not know this, we crushed it on the charges last week. I did not know we were going to do this well. I, I really didn't. I, I only checked where we were on the rankings just because honestly it's because Granger posted that he was 25th and I was like man I wonder what we're sitting and I thought maybe we're in the, the top 1000 or maybe top 500 I have, I really have no idea we absolutely crushed it if you guys don't know this we were actually ranked um, because we didn't post over the weekend I don't I didn't check the rankings this morning but last I checked on Friday we were sitting number two in the world on Apple podcast in America which to me is is absolutely f- just wild. But I guess if you speak the truth and people do tend to listen, I guess a bit more than I thought. Not only were we number two in the world on Apple Podcasts, we were number 14th in the world on all of Spotify. 14th in all of Spotify. Not even just politics or news or anything like that. We were literally 14th on planet Earth on Spotify Podcasts and we were 21st in the world on Apple for all podcasts. So I don't know what what platform you're listening on right now, but I want to say thank you so much to listening to the podcast because we, we just... We, we crushed it right out the gate. I got some stuff we're going to talk about this morning. And then, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Just want to say thank you so much to everybody who is listening right now. This week, we should have, I have everything arriving this Wednesday. We'll arrive to my, my house to set up the studio. So hopefully by Thursday, I'm, I'm actually filming the, the video version of this. Uh, I've spent roughly $7,000 just on the, the podcast room itself to get this thing up and running for video for everybody that's been asking for it. So hopefully it doesn't flop because <laughs> hopefully it's money well spent. And we actually create something that people really do enjoy. So out the gate, the first thing we're going to talk about here, we're going to do with a thing called the weekend roundup. And uh, we're just going to start with this one. It's right out the gate. Stuff that's still going on in Afghanistan. We have multiple planes that are ready to take U.S. citizens and green card holders out of Afghanistan, but the Taliban will not let them. I do not know if you guys were paying attention to this. I'm sure most people were kind of enjoying their weekend. I was I was doing the same thing. I did a little bit of fishing myself, but at the same time, there's shit going on that's still not really good, clearly. Being shitheads as they are, they're holding the, the planes hostages to get more out of the Americans. I don't know if you guys do know this, that shit's actually coming out about this. It is the Taliban's decision to ground the flights in Marjar Sharif. I've been to Marjar Sharif. It's a massive airport airfield. I don't. Need, I wouldn't even call it an airport. It's basically just a flat piece of dirt with a runway on it. It's huge, though. Um, right now, I, I guess the U.S. is providing 
as much guidance and assistance to the extent of possible, which is absolutely, it's literally nothing. They've had six planes at the airport and six planes are full of American citizens on them. As I speak, they're full with interpreters. Currently, the Taliban is holding those planes hostage for right now that are, they're, they're, until we meet their demands, which I don't exactly know what the demands are. It, it doesn't state in here. Uh, given these constraints, we also do not have a reliable means to confirm the basic details of the charter flights, including who may be organizing the number of U.S. citizens and other priority groups on board, the accuracy of the rest of the manifest, and where the plan to land, among many other issues. So pretty much this is all being done by private citizens, and which we're going to find out here later in this, this episode. It's actually... Um, Glenn Beck stuff. As I as I went through and did some more research, it's a plane that had some of his people on it that were they, they did a bunch of fundraising to get this done and it's not panning out clearly. The Taliban is not allowing them to leave. God, it's, it seems like the only thing we've been able to talk about is is the Taliban in, in Afghanistan. So there was a California mom to be that was left behind in Afghanistan and she states that the Taliban is clearly hunting Americans. It's actually the same exact lady who had her belly kicked in last week by the Taliban because they found out that she was pregnant and she was American. She said that they're going door to door right now trying to see if anybody has a blue passport. So there you go. The Taliban is still going door to door hunting anybody with a blue passport inside of Afghanistan. This is going to continue until we actually do something which we already know is not going to happen. But if you guys did not know this, the Taliban also raped and beat a gay man in Kabul after tricking him into meeting with a promise of escape from Afghanistan. So not only do they are they trying to find Americans in Afghanistan, still so they're actually going around and raping gay men, which is kind of strange. The Taliban raped and beat a gay man in Kabul after luring him into meeting with social media. They're using social media to rape gay men. The militants pretended to offer the man escape from Afghanistan. If you guys did not know this, and under Sharia law and all this kind of stuff, you cannot be gay. This is this is the weirdest thing to me too. So they they use men for for pleasure. And women for reproducing, and yet they rape and they don't allow gay. It's it's so weird to me. Just everything about the Taliban and their whole thinking is just fucking. They live in the seventh century. I mean, they're just they're they're fucking heathens, is what they are. This is actually part of the same article. During their previous rule, the militant group executed gay men in July. A German newspaper called The Bild reported that a Taliban judge vowed to sentence a gay man to death by stoning and being crushed by a nine-foot wall. Yes. I, and this is the other thing. If you use a man for pleasure and you rape a gay man, are you then gay? Um, I don't really know how. And that's, that's, the, that's a weird thing about it. So I'm going to go ahead and move on from that article. If you guys did not know, Portland moves to ban all Texas travel. Hmm. That's interesting. And the funny thing is, it's because of a law, an abortion law, which is so weird because us in Texas, we look at Portland and like, why the fuck would we even want to go there? You guys have a huge Antifa problem and all this shit going on in the streets. Why do you think we really give a shit? No one, none of us want to go to Portland. There's not anybody in Texas like, you know what? I feel like visiting Portland today. Okay. So the Portland City Council stands, sorry, it's just kind of funny. The Portland City Council stands unified in its belief that all people should have the right to choose if and when they carry a pregnancy. So that's fine. I get it. What about your Antifa problem? You guys have like the worst Antifa problem. Portland's sitting here having this conversation about, it, it's, it's one of those kind of things. It's just their virtue signaling to the world. I guess is pretty much the thing right now. But if you guys don't know, Portland police are actually struggling to find officers who are willing to serve on its newly resurrected gun violence unit, which was dismantled over you. So that's, that's the funny things they have. They have these units in, in Portland that 
the police officers will not even, they don't even want to work for it. And if you also didn't know, homicides have surged since the unit was disbanded last summer. I always find it very, very ironic when the super left starts doing their their, their shit like this when they're, they're screaming from the rooftops about shit that's going on, but then they have even a bigger problem. They have units within Portland police that, that they can't even get people to work for it. Like they, they can't because it's so so jacked up and they can't even do anything. And if they also didn't know their homicides have surged since the unit was disbanded this last summer, which I'm talking about the gun violence unit. And it was dismantled over a year ago because of the BLM, which is so weird. They dismantle a, a gun violence unit and yet their homicides absolutely spike. Portland City Council voted last summer to slash the police bureau's budget by $15 million. Amid the uptick in gun violence, Wheeler, a Democrat, proposed a new unit in March renamed Focused initiative team. Wow, that's kind of like that one out of, uh, what was that really goofy one out of uh, San Francisco that's paying people $300 not for, see, this is the kind of shit that just doesn't work. So the final thing I'm going to talk about for the weekend roundup, um, I'll tell you guys right now, it's terrible. It's, 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 it's fucking, it's terrible. So there's a former Marine that was wearing body armor who fatally shot four people, including a baby. So this person right here, his name is Brian Riley, who is an absolute fucking, just a piece of shit for doing this. They say I'm going to read down farther why they think he did this. or I, I don't really understand why. There was something he had a mental problem for sure, like 100%, but he's he's a coward. He's a coward. He gave up. He killed these people. Then he got in a shootout with law enforcement. He engaged in an actual literal firefight with law enforcement officers before he surrendered. Not only did he kill four people, he then got in a shootout with law enforcement and then gave up. There was a 40-year-old woman a three-month-old baby and the baby's mother inside the home and the baby's 62-year-old grandmother in the home as well. All dead. And then he also killed the dog. So there was also an 11-year-old girl who was shot multiple times and it was airlifted to a Tampa General Hospital for surgery. She's expected to recover, so that's good. At least we have that. But the thing is, if the 11-year-old girl was shot, then it was probably her mom that was killed as well, along with her sister. I'm just going to make the assumption here because it seems like all family was inside. Apparently, this guy described himself as a survivalist uh, and confessed to be on methamphetamine. The suspect's girlfriend had told authorities that he had been diagnosed with PTSD and had been acting erratically this past week, saying that he was receiving visions from God. She said he had PTSD. She's seen him depressed, but she said she's never seen him that violent. But a week ago today, meaning last Sunday, he did a security at a church. So that's that's super fucking ironic. He did This guy did security at a church in Orlando. And he came home and he said, you know, God spoke to him and now he can talk directly to God. That right there is a little fucking out there. If I was in her shoes, I would never expect him to go and do this. So Riley served four years in the Marine. He had an honorable discharge. And then he did another three years in the reserves. He was deployed to Iraq in 2008 and Afghanistan in 2009 and 2010. And he was designated a sharpshooter. He was employed by a ESS Global Corp. He was a bodyguard to provide security. He has a concealed weapons license and he has no criminal history. This is... This is, yeah, this is not normal. Um, he has clear mental issues and he has PTSD. I just, I would not expect this to happen. I wonder what triggered this. I mean, I, I, I know what PTSD, I know what, it, I know what it is. I've have, I have it really bad myself, but I've learned to control it. I would never do anything like this. I would never go out and say that I could speak to God and then just randomly go kill four people. This guy literally had a mental issue. I would say mental issue combined with PTSD. PTSD is not going to just make you do this alone. I, I, I know that for a fact. There's hundreds of thousands of us with it, and I, I promise you we're not going to go out and just randomly kill people. So this is more of a mental issue, not a PTSD issue. So hopefully they don't, they don't try to spin this around and make it seem like military veterans with PTSD are, are liable or, or could do this or would do this. I guess they could do it, but I don't see them anybody doing this unless you have a mental problem, which this guy clearly had. 
All right, so we're going to roll in some more stuff. So we got Antifa articles coming out as of today. This this is kind of, I love this one. This is great. It's it's labeled American Antifa, a woman's journey from Girl Scout to anarchist street warrior. I can tell you right now, they're not fucking street warriors. They're cowards who cover their face wearing black shit, and they just, they're all fucking losers. Let's just be honest. They really are. I know that's probably going to hurt some of their feelings, but yes, you are a loser if you're a part of Antifa. And then you're probably not a, a big fan of me, just as I'm not a big fan of you. I think you cause issues for absolutely no reason in America. You fucking call for defunding of police, which that's one of the things that's coming up. But you have websites that are doing this, literally praising them and making them, are calling them street warriors, which we all know they're not. They're just a bunch of fucking cowards that wear their black bicycle helmets and their ski masks. They're all cowards. So... And I just want to let you also know the same site wanted to fact check uh, if Black Lives Matter and Antifa uh, didn't disappear. Yes, that is right. There was a fact checker that actually did this. There was an article that came out about how they disappeared after the election, which we all know that they were just used by the media to to literally amplify everything that was going on during the election. And you don't have to be on the right or the left to see that. You can. It's just very. It's very clear that that's literally what happened. Users are falsely claiming that Black Lives Matter and Antifa had disappeared or been laid off, implying that the groups were hired for the 2020 presidential election. There is no evidence to support this. Yes, there's a fact checker that went out and did this. I never said that they were hired. I'm sure a lot of us didn't say they were hired. I said they were used. They were nothing more than a fucking pawn in a political thing that was that was going on in the 2020 election like we all got it well apparently we all didn't get it because there's a fact checker out there uh, i don't know if a lot of you guys heard it if you guys are new but in california there was a teacher named gabriel guype project veritas exposed him for being pretty much a shithead he said he had 180 days to turn students into revolutionaries that was one of the things that was inside of the video if you guys are like go see it you guys can just type in antifa project veritas and i'm sure it will come up he actually had an antifa flag flying inside of his classroom right next to an uh i almost said american flag no not an american flag, a gay pride flag. There was no American flag inside the classroom, but the school superintendent, Chris Evans, told Fox that the district was has been un, unable to uncover previous reports that the parents or students regarding the teacher, which is so weird to me because if he can't uncover anything, how did Project how did Project Veritas find this guy? So somebody had to had to have exposed it because Project how did Project Veritas find it? So the district's investigation has found evidence of professional conduct violations back to 2018. They were very subtle and apparently avoiding suspicion, but it does say on here that the district does say it is a free country and people have the right outside of their professional lives to support whatever side they want. You just can't bring it in a classroom. So they also interviewed Guype on Monday where he was open about his beliefs. During the discussion, the teacher reportedly claimed that there are three other teachers in his department that are definitely like on the same page. So within the same district, there are three other Antifa teachers who are doing the exact same things. So we're going to go ahead and uh, move on from Antifa shitheads and move on back over to the Taliban because they claim victory in the Panjir Valley. Remember when I've been talking about that and there's a resistance forces there? Well... It's kind of a mixed mixed signal because the resistance force say they still control strategic positions in the valley. And I'm sure they mean they just have hilltops and stuff like that. It, it is very difficult to take those hilltops because they'll dig in. They have huge trench systems all along these hilltops with huge fighting positions. I mean, I, I literally personally fought in old Russian fighting positions from the 80s when I was there multiple times. And they would be these huge trench systems on these hilltops that would be dug out. And really the only way to beat it would be to drop a bomb on them like they're they're really hard to get them out 
unless you just beat him with overwhelming power and then run out of ammo. That's pretty much the only way I could see that happening. But as of today, the Taliban have claimed victory in Afghanistan and the Pranjir province with a spokesperson saying the region has been completely conquered following a two weeks of uh, fierce fighting with the resistance. I told you guys that there was going to be a lot of fighting going on in this area. And as of right now, they said this, the last nest of the enemy, Panjir province was completely conquered. And we assured the honorable people of the Panjir Valley uh, that they will not face any discriminatory treatment. That is actually bullshit because we all know they're going to. They're all going to be brothers and we will work with one country and one common goal. I, I don't know how much I really believe this. I, I don't actually. But they also came out, the, N- the NRF, the resistance force, saying that the, the claim of the Occupy of Panjir is false. So we're just going to have to let that one play itself out. So I'm just going to let this one sit here and, and pretty much just rest because I don't know which one is true and which one is false. And mainly for the fact is nothing's going to come of it. The NRF is not going to be able to beat the Taliban. It's not going to happen unless they get support from America. And we, we all know that that is not going to happen. The Biden administration is not going to do a damn thing about it. So we're just going to let that one sit. And hopefully they can just maintain the foothold in their little area so they can keep. they they basically just fighting for their freedom at this point because they don't want to be under Taliban control. Well, we'll go ahead and move on from that because we all know that China has been wanting to work with the Taliban. And of just this morning, literally an hour ago. Uh, in Peshawar, Pakistan, a suicide attack killed at least four people and injured 20 in Pakistan's southwestern province. So with that being said, uh, it was carried out by the Taliban. So the same people that the U.S. government was saying that we needed to trust with getting everybody out of there and in China's starting to back and get behind, they were targeting the paramilitary frontier corps was the target of this entire thing and senior police officers. So that's what they were going after and they ended up killing some civilians in, in at the same time. They used a motorcycle to come through and they had 13 pounds of explosives on a motorcycle. So the guy drove his motorcycle into the post and just set it off. So... Not super out of the ordinary, but these are also the same people that our government was trying to tell us to to uh, trust with getting our own civilians out of Afghanistan. God, this is it's so crazy to see this happening because I said the exact same thing. Pakistan is going to take a huge, huge just burden with with having this state next to them. Iran's not going to have any real issues whatsoever. It's just basically going to be Pakistan's going to have to basically be fighting this thing. But I think there's also going to be a civil war that's going to break out within Afghanistan between ISIS and I say civil, but it's just basically going to be a war between ISIS and uh, and the Taliban. I would assume over the next month or so. At the same time, ISIS just killed 12 people in Iraq near Kirkuk. I was actually in Kirkuk when I was in Iraq, and uh, ISIS just killed 12 Iraqi police near Kirkuk. So at the same time, you have two terrorist organizations creating havoc, havoc in two separate countries on the same day. And what is crazy is it seems like this attack was actually pretty planned because as more more of a, a read through this the attack there in iraq they had first engaged in military confrontation with police officers that lasted a couple hours and then they killed three officers there but then the reinforcements that were coming into the area were actually killed in an ambush using an id so isis knew exactly what they were doing what route the police would take coming there and then hit them pretty hard so there you go you have isis and taliban wreaking havoc on the world as we sit here and enjoy our weekend in the United States. So if you guys don't know, ISIS has a newsletter called Al-Naba. And within that newsletter, uh, they were claiming the August 26th attack on the airport in Afghanistan. They said it's a new phase. It heralded the start of a new phase of the eternal jihad. And they are hoping the attacks will draw more ISIS recruits in their claimed Karazan province and the ranks of the Taliban and Al-Qaeda. Actually made the centerpiece image of the newsletter was photos of the 13 U.S. members they had just killed. They clouded 
Like they, they blurred out the images of the two women that that they killed as well, calling it a double loss for America to lose its soldiers and a lot of its prestige. The terror group noted that the President Biden vowed retribution for the attack and they thundered, froth, and threatening the soldiers of the Islamic State. They called former President Trump an idiot for saying that ISIS had been eradicated. This ISIS article also said America's security footprint had been limited, warning the occurrence of the attack not to prevent it. So they, they actually do make a very valid point there. Not even going to go against them, but yes, America's footprint had been limited. 100% because of the fucking idiots at the very top who made it that way. The 13 people that were killed are now being flaunted on the front of a fucking ISIS news group weekly newsletter. Fuck. That is, that is disgusting in itself. And moving on from that, top U.S. general warns of civil war says Al-Qaeda, ISIS may grow. This is, this is common sense. Like, you don't need to be a four-star general, a three-star general, any general. You can be just a, a fucking normal person that understands that this is going to happen. Uh, Army General Mark Milley has warned of an imminent civil war in Afghanistan, saying that the conditions are ripe for the resurgence of terrorist groups. Like, this is so, like, I, I, I said this two weeks ago, one month ago. Anybody would say this. You don't need to come out and say this. You should have just stopped it from happening. It's This could have been prevented. The chairman of Joint Chiefs of Staff said the Taliban cannot consolidate power. Then Al-Qaeda and the Islamic State will most likely take control of the region. We already know that Taliban's not going to be able to take control and complete power because Al-Qaeda and ISIS, for one, ISIS is so fucking nuts. So wild. So we already knew this was going to happen. He's pretty much just coming out now and saying, yes, we have created a hotbed for terrorism and it's going to explode. So in other news, we're coming up on the 20-year anniversary of 9-11. And at that time, President Biden is now ordering review of documentation to declassify uh, everything around it. On Friday, he signed an executive order calling the review of classified information related to terrorist acts on September 11th and the ultimate declassification of some documents. I don't know if he's just doing this for some political reasons, but he says the significant events in question occurred two decades ago or longer. And they concern a tragic moment that continues to resonate in American. The order directs the Justice Department and other executive branches agencies to begin a declassification review and requires declassified documents be released over the next six months. So what is that? Roughly February? We're going to find out a little bit more about September 11th. This is going to make, this is going to just drive the the conspiracy theorist just wild who said that we blew up the towers. I, I don't believe we blew up the towers, um, but I did, I did find another article after searching a little bit. There's a former FBI agent that says that 9-11 hijackers had U.S.-based support in the first line. It says at least two probably had. So is it fucking probably or they had? Anyway, Danny Gonzalez worked on Operation Encore and still a secret investigation into two Saudi hijackers who are based in San Diego. He says, Gonzalez says that 19 hijackers cannot commit 3,000 mass murders by themselves. Yeah, I, I get that they can't do it, but they did do it. They had help behind them. Yes, I, I do believe that. I haven't done much looking into Gonzalez, but he says that the public would learn a lot of records from Operation Encore if they released, and that would change the public's understanding of 9-11. Gonzalez said the two hijackers... Uh, Nawaf al-Harazi and Kil al-Midor were helped by a number of Saudis, including Omar al-Bayoumi. Bayoumi, who was working for the Saudi government, he had said randomly met two hijackers at a restaurant in L.A. and encouraged them to move to San Diego. He helped them find apartments and open bank accounts. The two hijackers uh, even started flight school nearby. So if this is true. Um, I don't know if you guys know anything about Gonzalez. He says that he can't reveal certain classified information about Operation Encore per FBI orders, nor can uh, there's another former agent named Ken Williams who wrote a memo before 9-11 that warned potential terrorists 
were taking flight lessons uh, in Arizona. I'm actually kind of interested in this. Um, I'm sure a lot of you guys are. The evidence is there. I've seen it, but I can't get into specifics because of the protective orders. Williams said both are former agents. They're now working for families as investigators. So now I'm actually super curious about this. I don't think this guy is lying, but I'm actually really interested if the Saudi government was... I don't know what they would have to gain. I, I don't really know. I'm sure this one's going to kind of develop even more as we get closer into 9-11 because we're sitting right now five days away from it. So I would assume going up into it, we're going to see a lot more stuff come out about this just because it's coming up on the 20-year anniversary. If you guys don't know, there was a, uh, a helicopter crash off San Diego coast this last week and the U.S. Navy has identified five sailors that were killed in it. It was basically during all the Afghan fiasco, so it did not get any type of news whatsoever. So if you did not know, they were Lieutenant Bradley A. Foster, who was a pilot, and then you had Lieutenant Paul R. Fridley, who was also a pilot. Then you had a Naval Air Crewman, uh, Second Class James P. Buryak, Second Class Sarah F. Burns, who was a hospital courseman. Then you had uh, hospital courseman third class, Bailey J. Tucker. They were killed in a MH-60 crash on August 31st, about 70 miles off of San Diego. There was one sailor that was rescued from the crash. There was five sailors aboard the aircraft carrier who were injured but said to be in stable condition. Oh, man, that sucks. I do feel for them. This kind of stuff does happen every once in a while. Uh, this was just a training accident gone wrong. Right now, the crashes being under investigation it does suck that it does happen but this kind of stuff does happen and it does suck for their families but i had to put it on here to let you guys know that that did happen and was just a routine uh, training exercise that went wrong and it's under investigation currently so as i am recording this podcast i'm going to tell you guys right now we are having a little bit of a spike in icu bed usage due to coronavirus right now 80 percent of icu beds are in use a third of them are occupied by covid 19 patients is what this is stating in eight states that have eight states had more than 90 percent of their adult icu beds are occupied that's as of yesterday those states are alabama georgia texas arkansas florida mississippi nevada and kentucky i don't really have anything else other to say to that i'm just kind of shedding light on it because it did pop up and it is something that is talked about but i have i, I have stated this before i think coronavirus is just something we're going to have to deal with as we we go on in life i don't really know if it's ever going to go away hopefully it does i always always tell my girlfriend i say i hope we can go back to normal i don't have to wear this damn mask when i get on an airplane or whatnot i just kind of want everything to go back to normal but i thought i would tell you guys 80 percent of icu beds are in use as of right now in the united states i don't really know what's going to go i'm just telling you that just in case you guys are heavily invested in the stock market and maybe shit flops but i it kind of looks like the numbers i did look the numbers do look like they are taking a turn to go down so that is that is some good news another COVID news did you guys know that australia is setting up uh two more COVID 19 concentration quarantine camps yes i call them concentration quarantine camps because they look like concentration camps they're literally big giant camp looking structures that they're putting COVID-19 people into for quarantine facilities, what they're calling. To me, this is kind of fucking wild. Like, all all of Australia right now, is, it just seems like it's going really crazy with COVID. Like, I don't even know if you guys know this, but the last episode we talked about how you cannot leave Australia if you are a citizen. You can't even come in. You can't leave. You can't do anything. They just launched this new app that has facial recognition for to see if you're quarantining in a certain area where you're supposed to be at. If you're not in the area, then the police come and find you. But now they have these concentration type camps where they have eight, they're literally building an 800 bed facility right now, right next to the Brisbane airport. And I say that, and that's something that's a totally different one because a, a day prior, the state government started to work on its own thousand bed facility at Well Camp near. 
Toowoomba. Toowoomba, which it doesn't have any federal support, I guess. Which to me is kind of, it's just kind of fucking wild. They're building these concentration camps for COVID-19 uh, people to quarantine at. Why can't they just sit at their fucking house? What, why do you have to put them into a, it calls them quarantine facilities. They're using these facilities as giant hospitals. I don't really understand. And almost, yeah, after looking at this, it almost seems like they're doing it a bit late. Australia had like no COVID cases from what it says right here. Like, I mean, in December 2020, they had like 11, 10, 20, 20, 20, and now they have 1,400. So I wonder if they're just building these because they're so worried about what could happen and what's going to happen. But if they were going to do these, they should start building them a year ago when it all started. Now they're just building them now. In total, Australia's only had 63,000 cases. Wow. I don't know what to say about Australia. Now I'm sitting even looking at it even more. These people, they've been on, they've been in lockdown since the beginning of this thing. And they, they really haven't had any, any cases whatsoever uh, during this last year. And now they're spiking like crazy and they've been in lockdown. Let that sink in. Their, their cases are actually exploding and they've all been in lockdown. So do lockdowns actually work? That is a question. I guess Australia is going to be the one that's uh, really going to, going to prove that theory or not. So we'll move on to the last one of the day. We actually uh, find out that China is trying to go after Taiwan. Um, as of right now, they've, they've, Chinese have sent 19 warplanes that have entered the Taiwan air, air defense zone. So, God, there's so much shit going on outside the United States. The defense ministry said that 19 aircraft, including fighters and nuclear-capable bombers, entered its so-called air defense identification zone. If you guys didn't know this, China and Taiwan were divided during a civil war in the 1940s, but Beijing insisted the islands will be reclaimed at some point. So this is what people have been talking about as well, that China's going to come back and try to take Taiwan because they used to be with them prior to 1940. Who recognizes Taiwan is a question. The island has its own constitution, democratically elected leaders, and about 300,000 active troops in its armed forces. To me, if you have 300,000 active troops, you are... 100% a country. Like, there's no doubt about it. Does the U.S. actually uh, look at them as a country? The U.S. has no official diplomatic ties with Taiwan. A U.S. law does not require it to provide an island with any means to defend itself. Hmm. So I would assume over the next, I don't know, we may see another China's own version of what's going on in Russia and Ukraine. I would assume that's going to happen at the same time if they're already starting to probe, which just seems like just more like probing to see what Taiwan's going to do. Um, I mean, that's the only reason why China would send any sort of warplanes or any side of fighter planes or any side of anything into Taiwan just to probe them to see how they react. And this is kind of the same deal that's going on over in Ukraine with, with Russia. And I would assume the United States is not going to do anything about this because we don't have any reason to really help Taiwan um, other than the fact that that's just what we do. We're pretty much the world police. I really think we probably should. But, well, anyway, I hope you guys did enjoy this, uh, this short little podcast here on a Monday. I've actually got to get out and do a little bit of fishing up here. I'm up here in Detroit, Michigan. I'm filming this. If I wish I could take a photo of what I'm courting in a hotel with a uh, blanket over the top of me. I'm really hot right now I'm f doing this because, for one, there's a creepy mirror sitting in front of me, and I didn't want to stare at myself as I talk. And number two, I wanted the audio to be a little bit better than just sounding like I was sitting in a hotel room uh, awkwardly with no shirt on filming a podcast. But I hope you guys enjoy today's podcast and I will see you guys tomorrow. Enjoy your final day off with your family this Labor Day. I do love you guys and let's, uh, yeah, I'll see you guys tomorrow.